KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota Dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Good morning, I'm Tebby Cruz. It's Tuesday, August 30th. SDSU's athletics director denies a football program ignored rape allegations. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. San Diego County is holding two monkeypox vaccination events this week in the South County. The events are tomorrow and Thursday at the Chula Vista Bayfront Park. The appointments were announced through the county monkeypox tech service yesterday and were filled an hour later. But appointments are expected to be released next week for another vaccination event in the North County. To sign up for the tech service, text COSD Monkeypox to 468311. The National Weather Service issued an excessive heat warning for all of San Diego County starting today through Monday. Temperatures could be as much as 15 degrees above normal. A climate activist with San Diego 350 says the heat can be life-threatening, especially for the unhoused. Dozens of cool zone sites will be available across the county. You can find a location by calling 211 or going online to coolzones.org. Father Joe's Villages announced yesterday that it received nearly $550,000 from the state to keep homeless people and their pets together with pet-friendly shelter programs. It will support expenses for staffing, pet supplies and food, veterinarian care, and more. The grant will also make it easier for clients to leave their pets in a safe crate or cage while they search for jobs or go to work. Father Joe's staff believe that by looking after pets, more people are likely to seek services which could help end their homelessness. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, shaping the next generation of data-driven problem solvers. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado spoke with SDSU students about how recent allegations of rape have been handled at the university. She brings us this report. For a group of female students at SDSU that was heading to class, the university's handling of rape allegations against three football players is a painful reminder of what they felt for a long time. Among them, sophomore Isabella Jacobs. It's not that I feel completely unsafe around campus. It just feels almost betrayal because it's proof that they really don't value the safety of women here as much as they value football players. Also sophomore Eileen Solano. As like a woman, this hurts more because our president is a woman too. And I feel that, you know, there should be more support. Um, the emails that are sent out are like not supportive at all. Sometimes I don't even read them because I know what they're going to say. It's just... I don't like how this situation is being handled by the school. 
Last week, former star punter Matt Ariza and two other former SDSU players were accused in a civil lawsuit of gang raping a then 17-year-old girl last October at an off-campus party. The former players have denied the accusations through their lawyers. The San Diego Police Department referred the criminal case to the DA's office, which to date has not pressed charges. SDSU officials did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. Fallout from the allegations of rape against the three former SDSU football players continues. Over the weekend, the NFL's Buffalo Bills released punter Matt Araisa and the Aztecs also cut Xavier Leonard. Yesterday, SDSU Athletics Director John Wicker denied the football program ignored the rape allegations. KPBS reporter Alexander Wynn has the details. In a news conference Monday, both athletics director John Wicker and football coach Brady Hoke walked out after being pressed by reporters on the rape allegations in a civil suit filed last week. About 15 minutes later, Wicker returned to address the issue. When asked if the program was doing enough to protect students, he became emotional. Again, one of our pillars is to create great human beings. And... It's hard when the training you provide may not have been enough. Wicker confirmed that shortly after hearing of the allegations last fall, the department brought in a rape survivor to address the team. Alexander Wynn, KPPS News. For 20 years, America fought battles in Afghanistan but they also fought for the hearts and minds of the Afghan people with mixed results. J. Malcolm Garcia is a journalist from San Diego who spent time in Afghanistan, getting to know some of the people in the country and what they thought about their lives and the wars surrounding them. J. Malcolm Garcia's book is called Most Dangerous, Most Unmerciful Stories from Afghanistan. He joined KPBS's Maureen Kavanaugh to talk about what drew him to the stories he tells in his book. These stories cover a span of about 10 years of your experiences in Afghanistan. What brought you to the country in the first place? After 9-11, I was sent to Afghanistan uh, by the Kansas City Star, who I was working with at the time. I went for about four months, and then the Star sent me back about two more times. And then I left the star and began uh, freelancing and my work would always take me back to Afghanistan. And I began going pretty much every every year up through 2017. Now, the first essay in the collection, Most Dangerous, Most Unmerciful, introduces us to how you got on with everyday people in Afghanistan. And it seems you were accepted with courtesy. Would you say that's a trait of the Afghan people? Absolutely. They were incredibly friendly. And, and, and very welcoming up until my, my last trip. They were always you know, concerned for, for people who weren't from their country, always, always being polite. They spoke their mind. They expressed concerns about the United States, about, particularly about its withdrawal, but, but they couldn't have been kinder. Where does the title Most Dangerous, Most Unmerciful come from? I was interviewing a, a gentleman connected with a school in, in Kabul, and he was describing the, the country, and the country has been in, has had a turbulent history, and, and most recently, it's been at war for almost 50 years. 
and that is how he he described the country as most dangerous and most unmerciful that it doesn't it doesn't give any leeway you tell the stories of people who tried to carry on with their lives amid the backdrop of war in the essay mother's house it's the story of addiction care worker leila haidari what drew you to her story before i became a reporter i was in social services and i worked with homeless people many of them addicts so her work uh, running a essentially a, a program, a 30-day program for Afghans who were addicts attracted my my attention. And she got into that work because her brother had been an addict. And so she was determined to try to address the issue in Afghanistan by starting her own program. And many of the people who entered her program were Afghan veterans who had seen horrible things in the war and they turned to to drugs to to help get over what they had seen. And that certainly reminded me of stories of U.S. veterans who had experienced post-traumatic stress disorder and sometimes turned to drugs or alcohol. So I saw a connection between her work and also U.S. soldiers that I found interesting. You know, speaking of connections, Malcolm, this essay collection is the latest in a series of books you've written, telling the stories of ordinary people who get caught up in war and conflict. One of your previous books profiled people caught up in the unrest in Central America and Mexico. Do you find common themes about how people deal with trauma and anxiety during wartime? I do. I I, I suppose the common theme is that people really just they just want to get on with their lives. And there are these forces that are much bigger than them that are just bearing down on them. And they become, you know, as we often say, the collateral damage uh, of, of these conflicts that they really want no part of. They really just want to do their, live their life and get on with their life. And, and that's been a common theme in, in many of the stories that I've done. What are you hoping readers take away from these stories? You know, one, I hope that people don't forget about Afghanistan. You know, before the withdrawal, it seemed that the only times we heard about it was when a bomb went off. And we only heard about that if, you know, a vast number of people were were killed. I'd like people to see them as real three-dimensional people who have suffered a great deal and who should not be forgotten by, by the United States. That was journalist J. Malcolm Garcia speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Maureen Kavanaugh. Coming up, San Diego Unified students are back to school with no mask requirement. We'll have that story and more next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Students in San Diego Unified are back in school for the fall semester. Most of them return to campus Monday. KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez has more. 
Students went back to school with no requirement to wear masks on campus. The county health department's count of COVID cases has dropped enough for the San Diego Unified School District to allow its mask mandate to end. Health officials are still encouraging parents to have their children vaccinated against COVID-19, especially those four-year-olds starting transitional kindergarten. Susan Barndoller is the district's executive director of nursing and wellness, who says monkeypox is also on her radar. If we should get a case, just like with COVID, we follow what the public health nurses tell us to do, and then we may put extra measures in place to help prevent that spread. Here in San Diego County, so far, there have been no cases of monkeypox in children. M.G. Perez, KPBS News. What kind of a person do I want to be? It's a question that every child will find themselves asking at some point. It's a delicate balance for most parents to steer their child in the right direction, while also giving them the freedom to be who they are. Add in a child's own curiosity and self-discovery as they grow more aware of the world around them. A new children's book by San Diego author Matt de la Peña explores all of this with a core message, their future is being written every day. He joined KPBS's M.G. Perez to talk about his latest book, Patchwork. Matt, let's start with you telling us about the title of this book. Why Patchwork? Well, there are two things. Each individual, child, but also adult, I think is a collection of things in your past, you know, memories, significant family members or friends, the community that you're raised in. So all of these experiences over time kind of make up who we are as a, say, a 10th grader or an adult down the line. But the title also refers to kind of the bigger picture, which is that all of these individuals kind of fit into the patchwork of humanity. So all of us are telling stories with our lives, but our stories don't exist on their own. They're a collective. Tell me, what was your inspiration for the core message that you're directing to readers? Well, I think the the initial image I had in mind is the way I was raised, which was in kind of a machismo mentality of like, if you're a boy, you know, you play sports, you don't cry, you're tough. Um, If something hurts you, you just kind of shove it away. And so I was thinking a lot about that. And now that I've become a writer, and one of the things I'm most interested in as a writer is what makes you feel things on the inside, what makes you feel emotion. So I thought, how did I go from that athletic kid who sort of played by the code of machismo to being somebody who's interested in writing about emotion. So I I think most writers, we don't set out to like deliver a message. It's more that we're exploring something that we don't quite understand, or we're asking an interesting question. Your co-illustrator has received a lot of praise for the way her art style complements your writing. How did you connect for this collaboration? So Karina Lukin is an illustrator I've long admired. She lives up in Washington State now, but she's actually from San Diego too. She did a book called The Book of Mistakes, a picture book that I greatly admired. And I really wanted to work with her. So we got connected. We have the same agent who also lives in San Diego. So a lot of San Diego connections there. But what she brought to the book is this incredible sort of metaphor with color. So each child Originally, they see themselves in one color, kind of like a basic color. In the first vignette, it's blue. But then over time, as the child evolves, 
she complicates that color and she adds in pink and then ultimately brown. So each vignette, she underscores what's happening in the text with this complication of color, which is just really exciting. Emotional and physical growth can be really tough for a child. How do you approach this in patchwork? You know, this is an exciting question because this is something at the forefront of my mind right now as a book creator. I started off writing exclusively novels, but now I'm writing more and more picture books. And I, and I often wonder, what is the job of the writer for the very young? Is it to tell the truth or preserve innocence? And I think, you know, each writer makes their own call. I tend to want to lean toward the truth. But if I'm going to do that, I have to do it in a way where a child who isn't ready for that truth, especially if it's a hard truth, then they can enter the story at some other point. So patchwork, if you really get deep down into it, it's a pretty complex idea of the fact that, you know, we should not be defined by a single thing. We're more complicated than that. But a child who's not ready to think on that level, hopefully will just get caught up in each vignette and, and the colors. So I think as a book creator, I try to have multiple levels that a child can enter in because that makes for a more uh, inclusive book. That was San Diego author Matt De La Pena speaking with KPBS education reporter M.G. Perez. Digital Gym Cinema kicks off a new weekly film series tonight called DGC Video. The films won't be screened off old VHS tapes, but the series is meant to harken back to the cult favorite staff picks you used to find at your favorite video store. KPBS film critic Beth Accomando has this preview. Depending on your age, the mention of a video store will either stir nostalgia or blank stares. Digital Gym Cinema is hoping for nostalgia with its new weekly film series, says Exhibitions Manager Christian Perez-Franco. So DGC Video is a new film series highlighting cult classics, forgotten video store relics, I suppose, that we're excited to bring to the Digital Gym Cinema at its new location here in downtown. Now located at Park and Market in East Village, Digital Gym Cinema wanted to cultivate a new audience with innovative programming. DGC Video is like having video store staff picks, but on the big screen. We get to completely curate everything and make sure that we are adding to the discussion, adding to the conversation, and making things just more accessible to the community. Part of that access is the video store notion of checking out a movie. And patrons can swap DVDs in the DGC video collection found in the lobby. On screen tonight and projected at the state-of-the-art micro-cinema is the gorgeous martial arts fantasy House of Flying Daggers. Beth Agamondo, KPBS News. You can find the DGC series schedule at digitalgym.org. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, 
and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu.